Counselor Accents Podcast. Two school counselors who love their jobs. Oh, and they happen to have Southern accents too. Bless their hearts. I'm Laura Rancourt. And I'm Kim Crumley. And together we are Counselor Accents. Good morning, Laura. Good morning. It is bright and early. And we had a morning meeting. Mm-hmm. And I, whoo, forgot about it and slept right through it. And I don't understand that because it was the last thing we talked about last night. And and you said, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I have a very convincing manner about myself where I'm all in and uh-huh. I may just have the toe in. But yeah. Let's do it. My personality. Darn so- this exuberance. That's it. When you say let's do it, I'm like, okay, and I planned around it, set my set three alarms so that I would not disappoint you. I know. And it's and that's you know what thing. that shows about us? You still are trying to not disappoint because you grew up trying not to disappoint your parents. <laughs> <laughs> and you are like and my now become your mother. Yeah. You can't disappoint me. You don't like to disappoint people. You try too hard. That's why this was a whole lesson. This was an intervention. Own. It's okay. It's and I okay. just want you that to realize that if I had missed the appointment, you would be yelling at me. But I do. And I need to work on that. Okay. I do. I can be very critical and angry. Okay. Elf. I can be a South Pole elf. You are a South Pole elf sometimes. I am too. In in your defense, I am too. Oh my gosh. Yesterday. I don't know why I became like Barbara Streisand. Oh my gosh. Yesterday. <laughs> You were so ill. I don't recall being ill yesterday. I think you thought I was ill. No. I know that I know you better than you know yourself. The nuances in your voice. But you have to admit, there are times when you're just downright thyroid on me. Oh, yes. Yes, for sure. Um, Yesterday was not one of those days. I will own it. I will own it when when it is that. That wasn't it. You don't own it in that moment. <laughs> well, I'm past the moment. It was yesterday. In your past, we'll look back and I'll go, oh my gosh. I have post-trauma thinking about us sitting there going through data one day. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Do that could have that? been the data. Like that could have been. I don't remember that. No, it was like the whole school system. We were We were meeting. We were working. I still feel that way about that. It was and it wasn't, horrible. It wasn't. Our, like, oh my god! It wasn't our school system. It was the program that we were using. I'm like, this is the 21st century. It is the 21st century, isn't it? <laughs> You're historical. But I'm Your like, historical facts kill me. I'm like, why in the world are we having to data entry this? Like we're the um, like I don't know what the pro- pro- Alabama. That's the way we do it. We had a purple crayon. Yeah, and we used. We had a piece of construction paper and we were writing data down. But it wasn't our school system. Like every in the nation it wasn't that was using this program was having to do data entry by hand. And I'm like Hellatiously. Hellatiously. Yeah. Oh so aside from you bringing up the trauma of that day that we had to do data entry, um, how has your break been? That is a loaded question because I have something I want to talk about. I know that you do. 
Well, as you know, uh, I have a little fellow with disabilities. I'm not pulling heartstrings here, but it is true. So just about every Christmas break is chock full of appointments. And as I told you, one appointment was an EEG in Birmingham, which is like an hour and a half away. Drove there, wrong day. Had to go back the next day. Look at my shocked face. Look at my shocked face. Shut it. And so drove back the next day and uh, went and ate at a popular, very good restaurant and um, that I will not mention because I can't say it without getting sick and got food poisoning. So I will say that that one appointment took out three days. So how was my, how was my break? Um, well, you know, chalk full of doctor's appointments, but hashtag blessed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pitiful, but blessed. Right. It was good. It was really, really good. My son is getting more, uh, he's getting better. And so I'm better. Well, he just came in the room and he actually spoke to me, asked about my mama and them and I was very cordial. And that's, that's, New, different. That is that's back that to has, He has come a long way. So yeah. he's come a long way. Uh, I have learned a lot about over the last two years um, about how to deal with children who are on medication and getting medication correct. Over what we've been through with Clinton over the last two years, I have used that. You know, just you can just see. I, I have a whole lot more empathy and understanding and and I I can you know relate to you know and, and so much of this we know as school counselors when kids are acting out we know there's that underlying reason and we're going to talk about that in just a little bit but I want to hear about your wonderful spring break and I will jump through this screen and kill you if you don't tell me it was wonderful and wonderful it was wonderful well, it all started on the oh, day that we got out of school. And um, there is a really nice hotel in Birmingham that you and I love. And they give educator, ra- <clears throat> educator rates. And so uh, we went and stayed at that hotel on the first night that we got out for Christmas break. Yeah. yeah. And just finished up our shopping and everything. And it was a great day. And I just want to go ahead and issue a disclaimer. This happened before your food poisoning incident. This happened first. Oh, I'm sorry I stole your thunder. You stole it. Um, But we ate at an establishment that I also cannot stomach to name. Like, I just can't even. We ate there. And as I was eating it, it was the best meal. Oh, absolutely. You don't know you're getting food poisoning. No, gosh, in the moment. Let me say this. Food poisoning on the front end tastes fantastic. Like (laughs) the the best meal you could have. And I kept offering it to my husband. I was like, don't you want a bite of this? It's so good. And I had butter dripping down my arms. It was so good. And then about an hour later, I thought, I don't feel right. Three hours later, it is like, oh my gosh. For the next 24 hours. Yes, I I know. It was awful. 
you were texting me going, someone needs to call an ambulance. And I did clearly no one was going to call an ambulance. I did beg my husband to take me to the hospital at hour 20 into this. I said, I really need to go to the hospital. I had nurse friends on the phone that said they were preparing the emergency room for me. They said I needed to go to the hospital. But we had a snowstorm coming in. And and when we say snowstorm, please know that we did not have one follicle of snowfall. (laughs) But to us, it was a snowstorm because it was three degrees. Okay. We really did have an inch up here. Really? We really did. Yes, we really did. Okay. So we had zippity doodah. I'll have to send you pictures. We had one inch of snow and he knew that it was coming in within two hours. And you never know what you're going to get at the emergency room. I would think that food poisoning would not be at the top of the emergency list. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. So there's a chance that we would be there for several hours as they are, I don't know, sewing hands and whatnot back on. Back on. Clear. Clearly, people are flying all over with this right. No, right. <laughs> I just needed a little intravenous fluids because I could not keep hold anything, anything down. down. Not even a teaspoon. South or North Poles. That's all, all systems were. That flowing. is enough. That's enough. So anyway, it was terrible. Um, it was awful. Well, I am still dehydrated. And well, I was going to tell you, you need to go get some liquid IV. I, I drank some liquid IV, okay. get, uh, liquid IV yesterday. And I think this is important for people to know. After you've been sick, if your pee is cloudy, you're dehydrated. Did you know that? I just feel like this, we took this podcast to another level. And now I'm we just classify it under medical. I'm trying to help people. That is my only goal. And I'm still dehydrated. Okay. Well, I may look fabulous. Keep us. I didn't feel sorry for you enough. I want to tell you that. But then you you have to tell that to Dolly. Oh, gosh. That's a whole other story. But you really have to go through something like this to appreciate what it is. Like, I can tell you, and you can see it when you tell people I had food poisoning and they're like, oh, gosh. Oh, geez. Ah. But until you actually have your head in the toilet for 24 hours, you do not appreciate. You can't. And I appreciated it afterwards. And I think that's why you got it, honestly, so that you could. I think appreciate it was. What I and all I could say was say, thank you, Lord, that I got food poison <laughs> so I could identify. So, and, But I was able to be your guide through it. And I was like, okay, yes, how many hours were. are you into this? Okay. Brace for impact because at hour 16, you're going to go through this. You did. And you were so right because I'd get all jocular and funny with it. I'm texting you like, oh, I'm bit, you know, la, 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 funnies. And then it would circle back around. Um, There I am again. Here you are. Moving right along to uh, something else that I did over this break was I read a book. And uh, not that that's unusual because I read all the time, but it's one that you had recommended. And uh, tell us a little bit about that recommendation that you made to me. Well, let me say this. We are tardy to the party, as we often are, but I don't generally like to jump on bandwagons. So a couple of years ago, everyone was talking about this book and I thought, I'm not reading it. Everybody's talking about it. I'm going to go out and find a book 
and I'm going to start my own bandwagon. I'm not going <laughs> to jump on this. <laughs> so I've had it sitting in my um, like book library, whatever, for a long time. And I can't even remember what made me start. I actually listened to the audio book. I, I can't remember what made me start listening to it. I think I was cleaning the house and had nothing better to do. So I started it. And I'm telling you, the very first paragraph of the first chapter, I was hooked. And so the book is The Deepest Well, which many of you are probably like, what? I read that 25 years ago. Yes. And thank you for trying to tell us to read it. I'm sorry that I was hard-headed, as I often am. But, whoo. So I told you immediately, like I was on the first page and I called you, oh my gosh, you've got to read this book. You dragged your feet a little bit on reading it. I did drag my feet on reading The Deepest Well. And once I started, I couldn't stop. And so I I listened to it on audio, which was um, audible, which was very pleasant. And um, they did a good job with reading it and it was very enjoyable. But the book content is amazing. You're right. It just captures you from the very beginning because the author... It's stuff that we know, but she's yeah. putting it in stories like this happened. And I was listening to this and I thought, this is so important for educators to know. It is, to me, how can we teach kids until we understand what's happening in their brains? Mm-hmm. And well, it just makes sense whenever you are reading her words and she's coming at it from the medical standpoint because she's a a doctor like a physician doctor and so in the book you know she was noticing in her practice the same things that we see in the schools and she was able to take the medical side of it and couple it with the behavior part of it or the um I don't know some of those physical side effects that we see or that we know of trauma, she was seeing those things and it wasn't making sense. And once she really dove into it and dug into it, it kind of answers some of our questions that we have as educators. And so I do think that this book should be required reading for educators, like you were saying. I mean, it just makes sense. It's kind of the the why behind some of those behaviors that we can't explain. You know, everybody's scratching their heads and saying, gosh, everything is increased and uh, we're seeing so many of the same behaviors across the nation. Why? Well, there may be some answers within this book. So that's not going to be our topic today. Um, Our topic is going to be New Year's and, and goals for the New Year's, but I don't even know if we'd say goals for the New Year's, but when I was listening to the book, she references these components that are needed for that healthy, uh, thriving child or adult. And uh, so I took those and I thought these are things that we as educators need to work on within ourselves and then possibly help pass that on to our students. So that's kind of where we're going to look at today is these six factors that she talks about. And it's nothing new. 
but it's maybe worth repeating and thinking about how we can start a New Year's. Uh, I know we make resolutions uh, that maybe don't last, but these are things that are just important for your overall health. Well, I am curious. As we were sitting here, I was wondering this. Do you have New Year's resolutions for yourself? Uh, I all you know, I, I try not to make a big deal out of it being a resolution, but um I think these six things, once I heard this, I thought mm-hmm. these are some things that um really, you know, I told you yesterday that I had a quote that I had written down and it's a habit. You can't change a habit without a why. Mm-hmm. You know, why am I doing this? And uh, so I think these are things that I'm going to work on these, these things that we're going to talk about today, but I don't really know that I have made any, you know, I think we all in our minds think, but it goes back to these six things I'm going to talk about being healthier. Yeah. I don't really do resolutions either, but I've been thinking a lot about a story that you and I know, and that is. And I'm not, I haven't brushed up on it, but I know the principle of it. Um, You know, the coach of the French bicycle team. And we've used this. Yes. Spoken. And he focused on making everything 1% better. And, you know, he made those small changes to things like um, the, the French bicycle team was like the worst ever for like decades and decades. They had not won any of those Tour de France or whatever the bicycle championships are. And it was an embarrassment. Like even French bicycle companies did not want to sell bicycles to this French team representing them in the Olympics and stuff like that because they were kind of an embarrassment. And so this man came in to coach them and it was a job that like who in the world would want to do this job? But he looked at those small changes instead of improving overall time and focusing on speed or focusing on um, endurance, things like that. He looked at small changes that could be made, like let's make the seats more comfortable. Let's change the fabric of the outfits that we wear. Let's, I don't know, change the rubber on the tires. And those small changes are what led to huge, significant overall gains. And it's just that principle of 1%. So if you can be 1% better today than you were yesterday, 1% better tomorrow than you were today, then think of where we'll be this time next year. That's it. Right there is the whole podcast. That story (laughs) and the 1% better. And I shared that with our faculty at the beginning of the school year. So yeah. now that you've said that, that would be worth going back to here in the mid-year repeating and saying, you know, where we are, where we get in that 1%, just the 1% better. I love that story. Okay. Uh, and I think on these six things, when you talk about it, if you don't let that overwhelm you, but do 1%, just 1%. Yeah. And I think this is very timely in light of a lot of educators are just walking out. Yeah. Uh, school counselors are overwhelmed. Um, so, you know, we, we're the people who are trying, you know, we're the, we're the, we're the ones who run in and try to fix and, and save. And, and so I think it can toll, take its toll. 
So we're going to start with these six things. And okay. uh, the first one that we're going to talk about, and this is the order I think that she mentions them in the book, um, is sleep and how important sleep is for our bodies to um, recover. Yeah. We're, we're designed to have sleep so that we can recover and go again. So, um, you know, we're told, what is it, six to eight hours? Mm-hmm. So I, my goal is to get 12 hours of sleep every day. <laughs> yeah, um, you do a really good job. I think that's a check. That's that nothing I have to work on. How for about me, you? For me, I have every intention. I'm better than I used to be, but this brain is so active at nighttime, it is so hard to turn it off at night. That's when I do my best thinking. So it's really hard to say, okay. And, and here's a little trick that I have heard for those people who do that. I think with with I think with a lot of folks that rings true is that maybe you even go to sleep and then you wake up and the brain is racing. Uh, but I have heard like have a little paper and pencil beside the bed. And before you go to bed, just jot down anything that you think may be bothering you and put it down. And it's like you're saying, okay, I'm going to put this in the drawer and I'm not going to pick it up. And you've put all your thoughts or maybe things that you know are rolling around in your brain and you put it up and you close the door and it kind of maybe tricks the brain and I don't have to wake up and figure this out during the middle of the night. And it's funny, those things that we, chew on all night long when we wake up we're like that really wasn't that big a deal why was I chewing on that all night long yeah and that's not really and that is for some people that's that's what their brain does mine is like that's nighttime is when my creative juices are flowing and so like I'll be in the middle of some kind of creative process and to think I'll I'll think oh if I just keep going then I can finish this but it just keeps going and I think too like having Younger children, when I put them to bed, it is like just that there's that small window of time where absolutely they're not awake and I can just kind of sit there because from the minute I wake up in the mornings, it is just like everybody. I mean, you're on go a hundred percent, you know, you wake up, you exercise, you do all the things. And it's like, when is there a minute to think? Yeah. And, that and we're going to talk my- about that too. I think those are really good points. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're thinking on that one percent concept, every that creativity is important, mm-hmm. but that sleep, I think yeah. after a while that will get you. You know, we went yeah. through a period where I didn't sleep because of my child; he couldn't sleep, and oh my gosh, it ages you. It depresses you. It is, it's just very difficult to recoup. Okay, moving along, exercise. That is so, that's, you are more in the habit of that than I am. I like to pay for um, a gym and not go to it. I like to pay for Beachbody and not use it. I like to pay for Noom and not use it. So, um That is kind of the joke around our house is, you know, how many gym uh, 
subscriptions or whatever you call that can I have and not use. So I am not in the habit of that. And I'm going to have to, because it's so good for your body and not even thinking about your, how you look. That's my problem is I just look great without having to exercise, Laura. And that is such a blessing and a curse. Darn this teenage body. It is a curse. I'm thinking, God, I'm healthy. Look at me. I'm so fit. No, you can't live off of cupcakes and Twinkies and ding-dongs and never exercise and be healthy. But that is that 1% better. What can I do? Can I walk? Can I? You know, that's just hard to fit in. Yeah. But so important for the mind and body. Yes. I wake up crazy early to try to fit it all in. And, um, you know, even just doing 10 minutes a day is good for you. If that's 1% better than what you did yesterday, then you're making an improvement. and It's somewhere yeah. to start. Just getting started. Absolutely. And um, <laughs> now that yoga's legal in Alabama. <laughs> and that's true. But it's true. That is a true we're story. Not, we're not joking. I, you know, uh, that is something that kind of brings in some of these other things like the relaxation. And it's, yeah. you know, that is where I'm wanting to start with my um, beach body. I think that's what I'm going to do. Mainly we, because I do, I do use beach body because I can't leave, like leaving my house, thinking of like trying to pack up and go somewhere else. I've got to do it first thing in the morning or it doesn't get done. Absolutely. And so Absolutely. I don't want to be leaving my house at 3.30 to drive somewhere to get a workout in. So I do work out in my house with Beachbody and it's worked for me. So Clearly, I know look at that Beachbody. Look at this. Um, this, okay, is, this is a uh, food poisoning body. That's what this is. I was able to fit <laughs> into my pants today because thank you, food poisoning. Four pounds, Laura. Yeah, Four pounds, I believe baby. it. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't yes. believe it. I'm like, Argh. nutrition is the next. Uh, and I'm going to say the only way I can beat this one is just stop hanging out with you. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. And your beef jerky sticks. So nutrition, we know. And you know, this all goes back to just that healthy mind, body connection. Um, it is. So hard. Please don't throw rocks at me, people from the South. But it is, I don't even think we realize how bad we eat. Uh, I do know that people that visit go, my goodness, you people eat so badly. We eat a lot of vegetables, but they are cooked in grease and right. fried. <laughs> yeah. Fried okra, fried squash. Nutrition is really important. And I really wish I knew more about how to to incorporate that in an easier way other than skim the don't go through the middle of the grocery store skim the outside of the grocery that. store and you know, well, to eat healthy it costs more money it yeah. really does and that's i think why we see so many of our students who have uh nutritional needs we're not talking about weight people confuse that so nutrition yeah, I listened to a book recently by uh, his name is Doctor Living Good. Like that is for real his name. Like it was not legally changed. That was his name. Anyway, he his eyes were kind of opened as he was in medical school. 
his eyes were opened when his dad had a heart attack and it kind of changed the way that he saw food and exercise and stuff like that. So he shares his principles um, through his book. And it was an eye opener for me of just some of the things that we eat that like you think they're good for you, but then they're really not. And so yeah, we've made a few changes here and there just, you know, thinking about my girls, like, goodness gracious, the things that are added in food that you don't realize. Yeah. So we've made a lot of changes. Absolutely. Uh, but you think about those students who that we're dealing with every day who who they're not getting the nutrition that they need. And, and we give part them of that complete. We give them the weekend food bags with every starch and sugar and preservative known to man. Yeah. Okay. So the next one is um, relationships. And how important that is to the overall health. We know in students that one relate one person, um, one healthy relationship for a student, what a difference that can make. And that's why we may be the only positive relationship in that child's life as a school when they come to the school. So we know we can see that, but even ourselves having um, those friendships and relationships that help us grow and that we can vent. We say all the time, go out and find yourself a friend, have somebody, other school counselor that you can talk to, that you can vent to, have a mentor, as I feel like I am your mentor, Laura. like I'm yours, so that works oh, out. Geez. Oh, geez. Well, we've been confused this whole time. No There's wonder we're always problem. trying to. <laughs> but uh, think about it with ourselves, how our relationship has helped us, you know, you know, that when I, uh, you and I became friends, I was really struggling, um, because of just the enormity of the job that I was in. And, uh, you really helped me, um, just that, just the laughter and having somebody to talk to that can understand what I'm doing and the relationship that we have makes perfect sense, right? Well, and I was in a tough, spot too. And it's all about perspective. When you have the book right up to your face, you can't read the words, but when you've got somebody else that can see where you are and say, get it together. Now I'm going to go back to, um, and this is so big. So I feel like all these other things kind of go back to the, just the mental health. Um, so what would you say when I say, how do we work on that for this next year? Mental health. I felt like all these other things are kind of under that. Yeah. But it's listed as one. I think it's just like my mind goes to, and I hate to say it because especially this time of year, there's so much pressure to be better and do better that you can get caught in a trap of feeling like you don't measure up. and that you haven't done enough. You look back at the previous year and you think, okay, I'm going to do better and I'm going to make improvements, which makes it seem like you failed, but that's not the case. And I think it just, it goes back to that 1% principle. We're not saying that we failed last year. We're just saying we're going to be even better this year. And I think the mental health part of it 
um, is an umbrella, like you said, where all these other things fit into it. But what is best for your mental health? For me, it's laughing. And so maybe it is, you know, purposing in your heart that you're going to find a podcast that makes you laugh and try to listen to it each day. Or maybe it's, um, you know, taking 10 minutes. Um, even I, I tell my students sometimes that laughing is one of those things that tricks your brain. So even taking some time and laughing when you're on the way to school, it tricks your brain into thinking you're happy. Your brain can't tell if it's fake laughter or real laughter. And so just starting the day with some laughter. I don't know. That's, is that true? It is true. It is true. It <laughs> fires off those same. I was fake laughing. Okay. Well, your brain uh, I'm fake laughing at you all the time. Um, so that's tricking my brain and you. Yeah. It's double. Um, yeah, I think if we're, it's like physician heal thyself. If we're not mentally healthy, it's really hard for us to help other students. So this stuff is not just fluff. This stuff is important for us to get right before we can help students get it right. And I think, too, professional development, um, you know, getting 1% better at your job and your knowledge and what you know. I talked to somebody this past week and they said, I don't feel like I am qualified. I said, nobody ever does. We all feel that way. I said, it's called imposter syndrome and we all suffer from it. Because all of a sudden, you've got a big girl job or a big boy job, and you're responsible for other people. There is a lot of pressure that comes with that. None of us will ever feel qualified, and that means you are taking it seriously. And, you know, that's that's exactly how you should feel, I guess, um, when you have a job of this enormity. But the thing is, you know, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you are seeking to get better not that yeah. we are making you better at all but you're interested in your your Career. job your role yes yeah. and so you are the type of person that is seeking to become better um so true and i think that uh one of the things that you and i are preparing to speak in georgia is on that creative element of our mental health and how as educators looking to see what you, what, who are you? What do you enjoy? What are you attracted to? And bringing that alongside what you do in your job. Um, so we'll be talking about that more, but I think that's huge in your happiness and your mental health. Yeah. So, uh, so that brings us to the last one, which is mindfulness. And which is illegal in Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> And that's true. We're not in making no it way can you be present in any moment in Alabama. You cannot. No, well, it's guided imagery, I guess, that is um, illegal in Alabama. That, that was a real laugh. That was a real laugh. That is so funny. Uh, yes. <laughs> and we are the demons that are taking out this yoga and mindfulness to students. But it's so true to just be present in the moment. I think so many times as school counselors, our educators are just living in today's world. We are seeing when life should be so much easier when you think about uh, the, in the amount of what, what um, we have 
at our hands to do our jobs for us. I mean, you know, just with the technology that's out there that will do so much of our work that we used to have to do manually, you would think that um, we would, it's just the more that we have taken off of us, the more that we're adding and uh, our brains are all always, you know, three steps ahead of I've got to do this, I've got to do this. And we're not really present in that moment. And I think getting 1% better every day, just to be, this is what I'm doing right now. And I'm putting everything else aside and I'm not going to worry about that. I'm not going to work on that. I'm going to be present right now. Well, and I've been, uh, I think yeah. that's so important. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about just anxiety and worry. I've been hearing so many people just, it seems like over the break, so many people have talked to me about their level of anxiety or their level of stress or whatever. It's unreal. And I've just been thinking about that and like, goodness gracious, we're seeing such an increase in young people that are feeling this way and, you know, just everybody. But it goes back to what you just said, and you've been saying this for years, but our brains were not built to process the amount of information that we take in daily. And you've said before, um, a quote that you heard by I believe it was Dr. James Dobson. He yeah. said, uh, we get more information in one day than people used to get in a lifetime. And when you think about like the constant and instant access to information that we have on our phones, the um, relationship, like the conversations that we have with people, my goodness, people used to go a week without talking to certain loved ones, but it's instant for us. We're able to talk to them immediately. We don't have to wait until the long distance rates are cheaper or whatever. So we're having more conversations. We are doing more things and we have more access to information. So things that are supposed to make our life easier, like you just said, are they adding to our level of anxiety as we try to balance everything? So I think mindfulness and just being aware of where you are in the moment, what are you working on and be a hundred percent on that task and just let those other things fade away for five minutes as you focus on that task. I don't know, maybe we'll start to see our anxiety levels drop. And, you know, I think we have this because of that instant, the Pinterest and the Instagrams and the oh gosh, and this yeah. level of perfection that we feel like we have to meet. Uh-huh. So there's this level of perfection that I think this younger generation who are now coming into adulthood, that's all they know is mm-hmm. this perfect image and nobody's ever going to meet that. And I see families, you know, young families that are so, you know, you'll be on vacation at the beach or wherever, and they're so concerned about the image that they're missing the child or they're missing the moment because they're trying to get that perfect shot or that, you know, and. And then that leads us to the question, are you. Are you focusing on being 1% better than you were? Are you focusing on trying to match what you believe somebody else is doing? Because if that's the case, then you are chasing something. You're chasing an illusion because that may not even be accurate. 
there's a whole conversation Absolutely. there that we could have, but, um, uh, you know, and here's- unfortunately our, um, Mary, our, um, person that is, is, helps us, our assistant, uh-huh. God love her. She wishes would be a little bit more like that. We're just, True. as my, my grandma used to say, we ain't turned that way, uh, that we want to create, well, I couldn't anyway. I mean, you we saw need to ask life. Mary, what do you want our resolutions to be this year? Mary, we need to say, Mary, what can we do to be better? Mary is, I told her she is the best thing that has happened to us. Mary, I don't know what we would do without you. I don't know where we'd be without you. If, I, know. If, I don't know. She's because probably thinking of she quitting. She has nothing to work with. <laughs> She's probably thinking of quitting. And now this is going to make her feel like she has That's to. the only reason I said anything about you, Mary. Um, <laughs> But, you know, this is, uh, who cares? You know, that's what I always, we say to one another, who cares? Be you, who cares what, you know, as long as you're not mean, I'm not, I'm just saying being kind and, and, and who, who cares what, well, if I meet this image, somebody very close to me, not you, a couple of years ago said that she lives by the motto. I want those who know me best to love me most. And I think, gosh, that's so true. If I am doing all this to make it look like I've got a perfect life or whatever, like at the end of it all, I want my girls, I want my family to be able to say, like, I don't know. Um, I think that's perfectly said. Yeah. Perfectly said. Um, Enjoy it. So it goes back to that mindfulness. Quit trying to be something that we're not. Because mm-hmm. um, nobody is. That's an illusion. You know, and I think that's important for students to know. But anyway, we're talking about ourselves as educator. These are things that we want for students. But we first need to position heal thyself. We need to get these within ourselves. 1% better every day. So sleep, mental health, exercise, nutrition relationships and mindfulness. That's a big long list. Yeah. But they're also important. How do we leave one off? Agreed. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. You can follow us on all the places. Um Instagram, Facebook. You can watch these on YouTube most of the time. And anything else? Is that it? I always ask you. Uh you always do. And it's a good thing that you do. Um I, no, I think you covered it all. We've got a very, very busy speaking engage, Ooh, engagement good. coming up. So we will let you know all of those things. Where you if you live in Georgia, if you live anywhere close to Cobb County, Georgia, then I'm sure that they would love for you to attend their um, conference that's coming up in February. So check that out, Cobb County, Georgia. We are going to be keynoting that and running a session in the afternoon so check it out because we would love to meet you yes and we have some very some other very exciting things going on um in the next two or three months so that's the only thing that's as far as i can think ahead yeah um so it's gonna be a lot of fun but yes like us whatever you always say okay yeah